It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Pete. Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 914 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, March the 29th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We've got team-focused shows covering all of your favorite teams in the Big Four Sports and the NCAA. you got recaps of some of the wild finishes in the March Madness Tournament on some of our Lockdown College shows. And also, if you're a baseball fan, the Blue Jays start this week. And I highly recommend you listen to Lockdown Blue Jays with AJ Andrews, a frequent guest of this podcast, future guest on the Toronto Sports Roundtables we do. Lovely stuff as the Blue Jays get ready to start what should be a very, very fun season for them. Okay, on today's show, the Toronto Raptors lost to the Portland Trailblazers 122-117 on Sunday night in Norman Powell's return to Tampa Bay, I guess. Uh, there was emotion, there was hugs, there was Norm lining up on the wrong side of the floor off the beginning, and there was also a basketball game that was, for the most part, pretty fun. There were a couple of down spells for the Raptors that... Uh, ended up portending their doom and joining me to talk about this game and all the different takeaways we have from it is our pal Vivek Jacob who I feel like I've talked to a lot over the last week we did the locker room on Friday we did two episodes together last week but I couldn't go and skip your regular Big V Monday just because you've been on so much recently Uh, how's it going (laughs) man how does it feel to talk to me once again Uh, I'm ecstatic believe it or not no Uh, no (laughs) 
weird <laughs> it's 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 no this this is entirely weird all of it is weird the season is weird uh seeing norm in a blazers uniform is weird talking to you four times in a week is weird it it all just fits it fits perfectly sean and yep. i am embracing the weirdness but that's uh that's the way to do it man embrace the weirdness Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were going to say something more there before I cut in with a non sequitur. What's up? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I was, I was just going to get right into it. And, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess the one thing I will say, it would be really, really nice if Norm could have just stayed on the wrong side the entire game. I mean, the Raptors' rotation would look pretty decent if they could have Norm and Gary Trent <laughs> and Rodney Hood. Yep. But obviously not the case. The one thing that is a positive is you're you're seeing that OG Ananobi is gonna get a really solid runway to grow now with mm-hmm. the usage. You know, obviously there's shots available with Norm gone, and he moves up that pecking order a little bit. And you know, there was no Kyle Lowry tonight, but even with Kyle there, I do think Kyle's gonna understand the big picture here and uh recognize that that that's an opportunity that can't be missed now the rest of the way yeah totally i do want to dive into og and pascal actually a little bit later in the podcast because i do have some thoughts some thoughts on their play in the last couple games here Uh, before we Mm -hmm. get to that though we should dive into our biggest takeaways of the game um i'll go first and i'll uh, i'll just throw mine out there Uh, this might be the game this season vivek that i think it was most clear the Raptors maybe should not have just said, oh, any center can be a center at the start of the season. Look, I was guilty of it. I said, yeah, center is a mercenary position. Aaron Baines does the stuff you want. He's going to shoot threes. He's going to rim protect, and he's going to be fine. Uh, that was wrong because Aaron Baines is uh, one of the worst basketball players I've ever watched play for the Toronto Raptors. It's, uh, it's pretty st- astonishing at this point. And I thought this game just – There was like a domino effect from Aaron Baines being so ill-equipped to play in this game because it results in Stanley Johnson having to play the five for large stretches. And like credit to him, he was admirable. He had 11 points, good for him. But when your offense is operating with Stanley Johnson as your center and screen setter, it's going to cause problems for everybody else. And I thought, you know, Pascal Siakam had a really nice game the most he struggled in this one is when he was working pick and roll with Stan Johnson and there was just no room for him to operate because the Blazers were like, okay, Stan, you can go and pop and do whatever you want. We're going to smother Pascal and make it very difficult. And like there was that, there was just the fact that, you know, Chris Boucher is only so useful defensively and to have him as like your anchor that you're counting on in in minutes to to play center, like that's always going to be trouble. And just not having anything from the starting center spot tonight with Baines subbing in for Lowry while he was out and I I guess taking on the large Nurkic and Cantor assignments it just it really really kind of put a cap on what the team could do in this game I thought and it's been a problem all season long we've talked about it plenty you it seems every day on this podcast talk about the need for a center which is totally (laughs) fair uh it's this was just such a glaring example of why a good center is useful and how spoiled we very much used to be where are you at with this man like what do they do Baines is unplayable he's just he's miserable I I feel bad he seems like a nice guy but the entire team seems dejected anytime he takes a shot the broadcast sounds sad whenever he touches the ball like it's just it's 
untenable at this point, but I don't really know what their other options are because sometimes you need someone who's six foot eleven out there. It's just how basketball works, and I am kind of lost for solutions. And even more so after Gorgie Jang signed with the Spurs today, and uh, Kelly Olynyk started for the Rockets, so maybe he's not going to get bought out. It's a uh, it's a mess right now, dude. And the center position, I think, very much cost them this game outright. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty much playing four on five. And from time to time over the course of the season, we've seen, okay, you put in Bembry, he gives you some nice minutes. There's been times where Utah's given you some nice minutes. Stanley had a nice stretch. But this was a game where you didn't get that, right? Like, there was an extremely brief period where Stanley gave you five points in a row, and that was about it. But, yeah, it's it's brutal. It's brutal watching and... Part of why I was frustrated with not addressing the need for a center at the trade deadline is because of what's played out the last few days. And the Mm -hmm. buyout market historically has been a market for contenders. And so you've seen three bigs go to places uh, where they're at least going to be competing. They're much more assured of competing than they would be with a team that's currently now 10 games under five hundred. And so it's going to be tough for the Raptors to find a solution. It's almost like they're just going to have to accept this fate and deal with whatever comes the rest of the way. And yeah, this this could be a really ugly end to the season because like Nick has been saying, Kyle has been nursing this foot issue all season. And so if things just go further and further south, I could definitely see Kyle saying, hey, we're not going anywhere. I've got a free agency to look out for. And they'll just play out the string. Yeah. And the Raptors could be incentivized, too, to sit Lowry if there's already maybe been some conversation about what the future is there. You know, you don't know what went on in the backroom dealings, but, you know, that's also a potential consideration. And, I, I mean, I just, I, uh, <laughs> I'm so lost for, like, what they could even try to do to fill in. I, I guess you just go small and, and lean small like you did when you still had Norm on the team. It's a little bit more difficult because Norm's scoring and stuff kind of helped you really thrive in that small ball lineup, and those, that small ball lineup kicked ass all season long. They were like a plus 14 net rating in their 100-and-something minutes. And I'm sure you could find something similar with a small ball look here, basically just swapping Trent in for Norm. You'd be a little bit better defensively, too, you would think. Um, you know, Trent's mm-hmm. offense has not been there through the first couple of games, but I think that's going to come. He's looked a little bit jittery, looking like he's forcing things a little bit too much, and that's fine. That's not the player he is, and that'll... Yeah, there was a out, little bit but... of that, wasn't there? Like, yeah. especially a couple of times where Norm got buckets, and it was almost like he was saying, no, I'm going to get it back. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit strange. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was very much a I want to score on the team that uh, just traded me away situation, and it just didn't quite work out. Um, so I'm not like worried about Trent through two games or anything like that. I think he'll be just fine. I like his little mid-range game. That's kind of fun, but it, there's only so much you can ride the one five-man lineup. And I, you know, hey, maybe Rodney Hood becomes a guy you can play in small ball lineups. They played him a little bit tonight in a small ball uh, look with uh, Pascal and OG out there. I think it was with Trent and Fred, if I'm not mistaken, mm. as well for like a small stretch in the fourth. I don't hate that look. You know, Hood's like the fourth tallest player on the team at this point, so I guess, like, sure, go go nuts. He's not much of a rebounder or anything. He's very much a wing. But, you know, you could do worse than having him play your two-guard, I suppose. It's just, Boucher, look, Boucher was good tonight. I can't, like, really critique Boucher that much. He was 18-11. and 11. He shot his threes. You know, he was efficient. 
got to the line a little bit. I have nothing bad to say, but the problems still persist. And if he had shown himself to be a viable backup center or a back or a center period this season, he'd be playing a lot more center because they don't have anybody else. But mm-hmm. that's not the case. He's a four, and that's fine. It's just, uh, man, it's a sad state of affairs. And this might have been like the crowning achievement of bad Aaron Baines game. Shout out forever now to the play that will go down as I think the play that describes Aaron Baines's Raptors tenure the most, where he had a rebound fall into his clutches. Instead of grabbing it, he dribbled it into the hands of, uh, was it Cantor behind him or Nurkic behind him? And then instead of just, you know, defending the play like a regular center, decided to put Nurkic in a headlock for some reason and got a flagrant foul and then I think was subbed out for the rest of the game rightfully so um that's gonna be the uh <laughs> the play that stands alone to describe the Aaron Baines experience I think um we don't have to linger, linger on the center stuff too much longer we're gonna dive more into the Baines Rodney flagrant okay. I was just I was just gonna say the Baines flagrant, like that was almost like the on-court version of Mark like ripping and biting into his jersey in that Celtics series <laughs> like the the frustration it, it was just that that was, it had just reached an all-time level yeah and look I feel bad for Baines I do like he he's a human being he's going through it he relocated to Tampa this year had a baby two days before the season started like I'm sure he's got a lot going on had he COVID seems like a yeah he had COVID missed the bubble like he's got a lot going on I'm sure and he's a good guy and he doesn't seem like he's like a cancer or anything like that but the play is just like he's a bad bastard. it's like Hoffa Rougeau it's like it's Hoffa bad is what we're talking about right now and that is I don't say that lightly because mm. boy did I watch Hoffa um we'll continue <laughs> on we'll dive into some of the rotation bits and we'll finish off on a positive note talking about Siakam and OG but first I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com the best place to go if you are in the market for some car parts it is a wonderful place where they are saving you up to 50% on what you're paying for your car parts and they're not trying to fleece you like they do at the mechanic rockauto.com is a family business serving auto online auto parts customers for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they've got everything from the important stuff like your engine and transmission parts to the aesthetic things like tail lamps and even new carpets, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need and a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Don't spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts. Go to rockauto.com instead right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you as well. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, making the best tasting protein bars in the world for a long, long time now. Built Bar is amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate covering all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is the Built Bar Madness Tournament, and on Monday, I believe the semifinals get up and running. So go over to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter and vote for your favorites. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED. 15 to get 15% off your next order as well. That's locked 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup in the bracket and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the land. 
All right, Big V, uh, just a heads up, a little programming note for the week to come. Tomorrow, we'll do an episode breaking down the Pistons game. That'll drop in the morning. And then on Wednesday, our pal Robel is going to jump on. We're going to talk draft, hey. baby. The Raptors are 18 and 28. It's time to talk about the draft. I've been holding off, but we're going to do it. And we're going to dig into uh, future Raptor Evan Mobley and others. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Big V. Let's dive into the rotation a little bit here. Bit of a weird game from Nick Nurse in terms of, I think, figuring out some things, finding new lineups. Understandable, considering there was no Lowry, and it's just the second game for Trenton Hood being in the rotation. Um, Were there any particular items of note for you? I guess I'll start with mine. Rodney Hood playing 27 minutes and scoring 13 in that time. I was pretty intrigued. Uh, You know, Rodney Hood's been on hard times. He's had injury issues, was not very good for Portland this season. But as he gets further and further away from the Achilles, which happened about 15 months ago now, you wonder if maybe he starts to get a little bit of burst back. I'm not sure. Maybe it's one game and I'm getting too horny over one single nice game from a bench player. But look, everything else this season from the bench has been so bad that that one game is going to look really hot. So my my question to you, Vivek, is Rodney Hood, sixth man? Uh, What's your overall (laughs) opinion on Hood after a couple games here and seeing him get 27 minutes tonight and some uh, in crunch time as well? Well, a couple of things here. The Raptors bench has been atrocious. So the bar is extremely low. So yep. when Rodney Hood can come <laughs> in and give you what he gives you, uh, it's huge. And so Nick already seems intrigued and it's something that they desperately need. And that's part two of it, right? The fact that the Raptors are bereft of individual shot creation. And he's someone that can do that, obviously, yep. for his career. Um, he's known as a three-point shooter. That's sort of dip the last few, but if he can just provide that punch that no one has provided consistently for the Raptors this season, uh, Boucher's been the closest. Norm's obviously been a starter this season. I think that, that that's going to be important these uh, final few games of the season. Yeah, it, I think it's going to be intriguing to watch the rest of the season. I don't, I don't see any way. He's in a Raptor uniform beyond this season, but for now, for now, you know, uh, the Raptors will take all the help they can get. (laughs) This is true. Uh, I think especially once Paul Watson gets back and Bembry too, you can kind of conceive a nice little bench look if they're going to do like the four man bench line, which they continue to do. And I hate it. Um, but if you run like a uh, Fred or Lowry with Hood, Boucher, Bembry, Watson, that's nice size out there. You've got a little bit of shooting from both Watson and Hood. You've got and, and Boucher obviously plus whatever point guard you have. You got a little bit of dribbling. I think that is like a pretty interesting lineup if they're willing to maybe not play Malachi Flynn so much, which. It's not going super well right now for old Malachi Flynn. I, I'm not concerned. He's a rookie who had no prep time, and you know he looked good in the G League, so that's kind of all I needed this year. Um, I understand the need to play him for developmental purposes down the stretch of a lost season, but if you're looking for a bench lineup that could maybe do some stuff for you, Hood and Watson as like your wing combo with Bembry at the two is is kind of intriguing to me. Hopefully Watson and Bembry can get back sooner than later. Um, and I, I would hope at least that Watson is not going to take those Hood minutes because it'd be nice to see what he can do. And also, I, do, I disagree that I, I don't think it's 100% that he won't be on the team next year. Just because, you know, $11 million contracts on the books are somewhat valuable for trade purposes and things like that. 
And if he shows that he can be a pretty good bench player through the last 25 games here or so and kind of play himself into a role, I could totally see them if they are maybe just playing the bring back Kyle game and kind of run it back next year situation with maybe an eye on finding a center somewhere, but maybe not dipping in fully into their cap space. Maybe they don't need to, you know, non-guarantee that 10.8 or whatever that Rodney Hood's owed next year, and they could just keep him and then maybe flip him next year as one of those nice salary matching contracts, you know, when you get to the deadline or whatever it might be. You know, it's still probably more likely that they opt for the cap space and, and move on from Hood, but if he plays well enough and the the agents suggest that <laughs> the restricted free agency game is not going to go super well, then maybe there is room for Hood on future Raptors teams. It'll require many, many more games like the one tonight. So, you know, don't get ahead of yourselves or anything like that, but it is something to keep an eye on. Yeah, fair enough. Sort of uh, underlying story throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, I you shouldn't rule out the possibility of that, but I guess right now I just lean towards it being extremely unlikely. Yeah, no, that's totally fair too. Um, it's uh, he's not the key part of this trade, is the thing. Um, <laughs> I did want to quickly quickly ask you about Gary Trent. We talked about him off the top, the sort of inefficient shooting tonight. He did get seven rebounds, which is not really part of his repertoire, which that was nice to see. Uh, didn't see him at crunch time in this one as they went to Boucher and Johnson in the front court with Pascal at the three. I guess it was kind of a weird closing lineup. Didn't love it. Again, we talked about the. The, the Johnson thing and just being a complete zero on offense, even when he did hit a couple wide open threes when he was dared to, that's just not going to lead to healthy, functional half-court offense, having someone who's such a zero out there. You know, I, I would have liked to have seen Trent. He obviously didn't play a very good game, so maybe it was just, like, performance-based. But, um, right. you know, as far as closing lineups going forward here, like, are, are you in the mind that it should just be once Lowry's back, assuming he gets back in the lineup here soon, it should just be the small ball lineup with Trent in there, or is there a different configuration where maybe you don't quite trust Trent enough with those minutes just yet? Well, I think he's going to have to come along a little bit. Obviously, he doesn't provide the scoring punch that Norm does and the dynamic level of scoring that Norm did. So I could definitely see that opening the window for whoever's hot that night, whether it be a Boucher or... You know, whoever it might be. So you'd like to see him in there more often than not. I think it's important that he's closing more games than he's starting just from uh, managing that cap hold a little bit. Because I think yeah. I think the magic number is 13, right? Uh, if he gets 13 more starts the rest of the way, then that cap hold goes up, I believe. So, Interesting. Uh, I think that's going to be a little interesting wrinkle to manage the rest of the way. But yeah, I would uh, hope that just uh, just a quick aside on that. I would hope that they're not ghouls and just start the player they just traded for and clearly want to invest in, you know, (laughs) (laughs) a couple million extra on the cap hold seems like a little bit much to be fretting over when you're trying to develop. But anyway, back to what you were saying. I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went that way, especially it, it all depends on what, what's going on with Kyle, right? And how the, how the rest of the season plays out. Like, yeah, if, if mm. Kyle, if, if the season completely goes off the rails and Kyle wants to manage his injury, then yeah, it's going to be pretty much impossible to have him come off the bench at that point. Uh, you, you're going to need him in there. But if, if Kyle and Fred are uh, starting, then 
you know, then then it becomes more of a conversation where, you know, mm-hmm. is it Boucher? Is it whoever? So, uh, yeah, I, I think with Trent, what I like is, you know, there's a bit more pop to that in-between game than yep. I initially anticipated. And so you'd like to see that come along. And obviously this is more of a long-term piece. And so it's about him being a part of the core in the future as opposed to now. I do believe the Raptors got worse in the near term, the remaining 20-odd games. But there's definitely signs that, you know, where he is now, how old he is now, that this could be a solid piece for the future. Yeah, anytime he has a game like tonight, which might happen, it it, it happens to everybody. Uh, Remember that he's 22 years old. He is, I believe, the second youngest member of the team. He's going to be all right. It's going to take some time. Uh, Don't worry too much about that. Uh, We're going to finish up. I do want to dive into a positive note before we wrap up here and talk about Pascal and OG, who were very good once again tonight, have been very good three games in a row, and dive into that in just one second. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football is over. But the March Madness tournament's going strong. You've got nightly NBA and NHL action. You've got MLB starting up coming up this week, too. Plus, you've got the Oscars to, to bet on or, and a bunch of other things as well. Television shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds and props, and almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to, to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for your welcome bonus. Your online sportsbook experts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, just a heads up, uh, everyone should go listen to Locked On NBA Draft. It's a newer podcast on the network. We've got five days a week with three different sets of hosts filling in. Raphael Barlow's in there. The NBA Draft Dudes, I think, is the name of the other podcast to be kind of amalgamated into ours. There's the guy Mavs Draft as well, doing a wonderful uh, podcast over on the Locked On NBA feed. So go and listen to Locked On NBA Draft. It's going to be necessary listening here for Raptors fans going forward, it seems. All right, Big V, let's wrap up here, and I want to finish on a light note, and it's a really, I think, important light note to finish on. Pascal Siakam was excellent again tonight. He had 26-8-2, 8 of 16 shooting, got to the line 10 times. You love to see that, 2 or 3 from deep. OG Ananobi was awesome as well, 19-10, and 10, following up that masterful defensive game against the Blazers on Friday. He's clearly getting a, an up, uptick in his usage and his responsibility, he had seven turnovers tonight, which is going to happen. That's part of the development thing and part of the growing pains of becoming a bigger part of the offense, which is okay. But I, I just wanted to sort of get your thoughts on Siakam and OG and the progress they've shown recently. And I guess just sort of the importance of it, because the way I'm looking at this season, yes, it's been an absolute miserable nightmare. It's been terrible. It's been fake. It's been everything you could imagine. But mm-hmm. if there is one saving grace, it's that... The people who are important to the future of the team 
have been, by and large, very good. There have been the off nights, there have been the down stretches for Siakam, even Fred, and there obviously have been some injury issues for OG, but when those three guys have played, and you know you can factor in like Boucher as well if you want into this too, they've been really, really good and have shown a lot of signs of progress, and I think that is why there should be optimism going forward into next season and why... You know, I think I made the argument last week. Like, last week could very well go down as the worst that it gets. It could only... That, that could be rock bottom, really, and only go up from here. And those two are a huge reason for it. And I'm just getting real tantalized, man. <laughs> they look really good. <laughs> and I'm just kind of thinking and racking my brain of, like, what combination of two players would you like to start a team with and i feel like most people would answer oh uh two six seven to six nine wings slash forwards who are all defense players who can score 20 ish and play make a little bit and rebound or whatever like do all the stuff that'd be pretty high on the list as far as two starting building blocks go and the raptors have those guys and it's kind of getting slept on amid a very terrible season your thoughts I think the most encouraging thing for Pascal was what I heard him say after the game tonight. And he said that he's being more conscious of getting to the rim and like just going through whoever it is to get it to finish. And I think he's been a little too finessey uh, around the basket. Uh, just going to make up words here. Uh, and <laughs> I do like it just all the finishing time. around. Worry. Just finishing around defenders, and I think, yeah, if he does more of just saying, hey, I'm going to go right through you, I, I do think he's it portends to him getting to the line more often. I do think it lends to having stronger finishes, and I think it just leaves his mind clearer as well, right? Instead of trying to do too much thinking once he's up in the air and, you know, finishing around the defender. And so, yeah, maybe he'll get his shot blocked a bit more, but I, I think... That's the best approach for him to take. And so that was really encouraging for me to hear. And yeah, it's nice to see after the time he's missed if I, for him to find this rhythm. Uh, and then you yeah. add the playmaking overall that he's shown on the season, those developmental skills. Like that's where you look at the last couple of seasons and say, you know, this is, this is why you do it because you almost get guys like OG and Pascal to color outside the lines, if you will. And then mm-hmm. sort of scale, scale scale it back a bit. And now you know the extent to which they can go, which you wouldn't have known otherwise. And it, it, it will allow the franchise to make better decisions going forward and how those pieces will fit, you know, potentially around someone else if they can go out and get that guy. But, you know, this is this approach the last couple of seasons is what will allow them to tap the ceiling of both Pascal and OG, and then we can throw Fred into that mix as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want it to sound like I'm denigrating Fred as like not part of that trio of very encouraging people, because obviously he's been excellent this season, and has, I think, dispatched some of the concerns about... like He's kind of almost taking on the Lowry mold, right? Where even if he has a rough shooting night, he's doing things that are valuable on basically every possession. Yeah. And that was sort of my concern is like, okay, you know, was there going to be the full value of this guy if he's running the show? And like, absolutely, yeah. Like, he can do it. There's no problem with that. He's a starting point guard, full stop. It's just oh, Hoji and Siaka, man. A 3-4 combo like that is pretty rare stuff. And mm-hmm. those are the kinds of guys that literally every team is after. And 
the Raptors have those guys in place. It's a pretty good starting point. And like you said, you know, there's, I, I think it's, I don't think it's even a hot take to say that that trio is not a championship level trio, at least not at the moment, and probably won't be at any point here because it's been established. I think that Pascal's just like a really good number two, probably in an ideal world. But to know that you could do the thing and find a star somewhere, that obviously easier said than done. But if you do do that and there's this supporting cast waiting, like, goddamn, it's a pretty nice start <laughs> place to be, dude. And I, I just like the Siakam OG tandem. It's only going to get better. It's only going to get more prolific. This was a really nice game from them. The first half in particular was like kind of like edge of your seat stuff. Like, oh my God, these guys, these guys. And offensively <laughs> with OG, it's it's just getting cleaner and cleaner, right? Like I know he had the seven turnovers, but his I, I just mean in terms of his approach. There's, there's there's so much clarity in terms of, okay, this is the mismatch. Okay, I got to post up. This is what I'm going to do. I've got the yep. look for three. I'm going to take it. Like that decisiveness is what you want to see. And he, he he's really coming along in that understanding of exactly what his approach should be, depending on the mismatch, depending on time and score, all of that, it's coming together. Absolutely, man. Um it's it's exciting stuff, and again, you know, this very well could just be a one-year blip on the radar. Should just be a one-year blip on the radar with the dudes they have in house. Now it's just a matter of uh, filling it around. Maybe Rodney Hood's that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this this game I think probably would have been one had Kyle Lowry played. Um, I don't think they have that spell in the third quarter, but they don't score for like six minutes if Lowry's available because. Uh, you know, <laughs> some creation on the ball was uh, in dire need in that stretch against the Blazers. But it is what it is, man. Hopefully Lowry can get back soon. And I still, like, if you look at the schedule coming up, it is uh, very, very light. You know, obviously the Raptors are a team that people look at and say, oh, that's a light part of the schedule at this point this year. This is not the Raptors when they're at the top of the conference looking down at everybody. But still it does not look overly daunting and if they play the way they have the last three games against three very good teams there should be no reason why they can't rattle off some wins here and at least get back in the play-in like that's basically it sucks that the bar is make the play-in and have some fun and maybe beat the celtics in a 7-10 which god that would be so awesome uh <laughs> but yeah it's kind of where i'm at right now is just make the play-in try to have a good time with it and then if not hey you got the lottery and all that stuff to look forward to but yeah the next set of games here pistons thunder warriors wizards uh broken ass lakers bulls Cavs, knicks hawks spurs magic thunder the new look not, bulls. The, yeah the bulls are the best team in that stretch which is saying i wouldn't <laughs> I, I wouldn't overlook uh the pistons though just the raptors <laughs> have won what they've won one game on the on the second back uh, second night of a back-to-back -back all season yeah that's true and, oh, they're probably going to lose to the Pistons, yeah. <laughs> and and Kyle, like, he's going to travel, but, you know, I, I don't know we'll if they risk it. Yeah, so, again, I, I don't think the Raptors are in a position to be overlooking or looking at the schedule and saying, oh, yeah, here we come. <laughs> Certainly not, yeah. Especially with the dynamic center duo of Mason Plumley and Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to see another both. Mason Plumley triple-double tomorrow. <laughs> Both centers would be the best center on the Raptors, uh, non-OG non division, because, of course, OG is the best center on the Raptors, it's been said. Um, anyway, we've reached the end of this podcast, man. Uh, tough loss, but, you know, good stuff to be pulled from it as well. Big V, do you have anything you want to plug? 
Usual stuff, man. Complex, CBC, North Courts, Red Couch Manx. I, I did do a cool story on a Canadian water polo legend, Christina Alogbo. And I think if you're a sports fan, you will enjoy it. It's basically like if you look back at her career, like she's an absolute legend and this was supposed to be her first Olympics. Like she's been playing for the national team for 16 years and she was set to go to the Olympics in 2020, but she's at a point where her body's been breaking down and she just simply could not go for another year and retired. Huh. And that is, which uh... is, yeah, it's heartbreaking. And so I just went into all the details of how she sort of came to that decision and yeah, you can read all about it at CBC. Everyone absolutely should read all about it. I retweeted the video you posted about that tonight, I believe. Um, but I'm going to make sure I get in and read the piece because you're doing wonderful stuff, man. I'm very happy to see Big CBC take it off. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> they should be sending you, if you want to go in a pandemic, they should be sending you to Tokyo. But you obviously don't go if you're scared. That's fine, too. But uh, CBC, get this man credentialed. Anyway. Uh, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Talk to you again on Tuesday to break down, hopefully not a loss to the Detroit Pistons, but if it is a loss to the Detroit Pistons, uh, we will wallow accordingly. Uh, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.